getting folks to the point where they're getting, you know, 40,000 downloads a month. Okay. A little feather in the cap for that one. You know, I'm doing 60,000 a month in downloads myself. We're getting ready to hit a million. So many people tell you that if you advertise your podcast on social media, they're not going to leave social media to come listen to your podcast. Bullpucky. It's really easy on platforms like Facebook, even today, to take those little videos that you're putting out on social media anyway and put a few dollars behind them because video views are very inexpensive. Get them to view the video. Remember, your link is down in the comments anyway. Like, oh, there's the link right there. Let me click it. You, you, don't, you don't get charged for it. Now you turn that into a like audience and say, now I need a 1% uh, audience of the United States that are like these folks that did this. Um, and then you turn around and put a couple of dollars against that. Next thing you know, you're letting the Facebook algorithm, which is magic, do the work for you. If you want to build a legitimate, profitable online business without shiny objects, without the hypey gimmicks, and without the stress and overwhelm, if you want to make more money without having to be present online all day, every day, pumping out content that nobody sees and hustling DMs to generate leads and sales, then this is the place for you. Welcome to the Digital Trailblazer Podcast, your online business university, where you'll learn how ordinary people start from ground zero with no influence, no email list or audience to sell to, and no business or marketing experience, and go from working nine to five jobs to building successful six and seven figure online businesses and all the steps in between. Learn the strategies that worked and what didn't, learn the mistakes that they made and how to avoid them, and then learn their plans for scaling their businesses and taking things to the next level all so that you can build your business faster and easier and make more money without sacrificing the things that are important to you in your life. I'm your host, Leah Ray Getz, and with me is my husband, Todd. Now let's get to it with today's guest. Welcome, Digital Trailblazers. This is Leah Ray, and I'm super excited to have with us Tracy Brinkman. Welcome, Tracy. Go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience and let them know what you're all about. Oh my gosh, this is different. Usually everyone else is always introducing me before I step on this stage. Uh, I am your humble Tracy Brinkman. Uh, the uh, the voice behind the Dark Horse Entrepreneur podcast, as well as uh, Your Success DNA podcast. I have been a coach since the 90s. So, you know, I kind of dated myself with the beard here and everything. But uh, we, uh, we enjoy helping folks uh, launch, monetize, and really prioritize a, a, a podcast. And, and more recently, uh, we also help my uh, hungry parents out there to build their online business, whether they're trying to do the nine to five cubicle escape or whether they're just trying to add a little extra cash to their bank accounts. Uh, we help them with that. I'm curious. So if you've been a coach for like, how did this all begin? Because that's like, I that's was, way back, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I was a very young child at that point. <laughs> if I tell the whole story, uh, father was a 23 year uh, military veteran. Um, I joined the military right out of high school, went back overseas, spent some time in Germany, came back to Southern California, and I started a little programming business. And uh, landed up, what I was doing was uh, database management for preferred provider organizations. Basically, those folks that you call up and say, hey, I need to go see the doctor. Who's in my network? Well, back in the 90s, in the late 80s, uh, this was all manual. And so I was setting up a database program for this center so that they could have folks really start doing it digitally instead. So way back in the day. And for those listening or, or watching, if, if you've ever seen the movie Blow with Johnny Depp, 
right about that same time. And that becomes instrumental because I landed this big client, was doing great things, and was uh, out there with this celebratory event. And I ended up getting hooked on drugs. So the next two years became this, you know, downward slide into the abyss of that same kind of thing uh, that was depicted in that movie. And it got to the point where literally 5-0 kicked open the door to my condominium and uh, I, I was faced with a choice. <laughs> they, uh, I was not there when it happened, luckily, um, but I showed up, you know, a few hours later and they take me downtown and they're doing all the questioning and they're like, they were asking all the right questions, which really is kind of scary. When they finally let me go, um, four or five hours later, I'm walking back. It, you ever notice that when the police pick you up, they're nice enough to give you a ride downtown, but they don't give you a ride back home? I, I, anyway, sidebar. So I'm walking back home, and uh, uh, the voice in my head was my father's, family first, family first, family first. And I had a three-month-old daughter at this point in time, and it was like, oh, my gosh, I can't keep doing this. It's not just me I'm impacting anymore. So when I get back, home, I picked up the phone and said, mom, I need your help. And thanks to her and a brother from another mother, um, I got my life back up on track, you know, it got cleaned up. And the, the mental kick to the head, I, I could have just, you know, got myself cleaned up and went back right back and started doing computer programming again. But there was something inside of me that was saying, well, what if you meet that guy that says, didn't I see you down at the, the bar down there doing things? you know, putting stuff up your nose. And uh, so I, I really, I started rebuilding my confidence by doing, you know, menial jobs. I, I don't, and I don't mean to discourage anyone from hard work. I mean, I worked on the dock. I did, you know, temporary jobs as a, you know, an accounting agency just to bring myself back up to the point where I was like, okay, I'm ready to step back out there. And I still wasn't ready to step back out into the entrepreneurship. So I got back into court. I got into corporate America and I landed what ended up being a career job with Coca-Cola, which took me out of Southern California to Atlanta. And I started my meteoric rise. And, and I'm getting to the point here. This is a long winded answer of how we got there. I get to Atlanta and my second daughter comes into the picture and she was born two, three months early. And in the first three months of her life, she had six major operations. Um, she just to get her stable enough to live. She was born with what's called short gut syndrome. In other words, her small bowel, where we absorb, you know, all the nutrients that we get from the food we eat. I'm gonna I'm gonna mess the numbers up for any my medical friends out there. Let's say you're supposed to be born with 300 centimeters of small intestine. She was born with 30. And they tried all kinds of crazy things. You know, they, they put a TPN line in her so that she was getting her nutrition through this, you know, through this tube, which the body being the amazing thing that it is, started saying, what, you don't need this liver anymore because we're not filtering anything. So now she needs a liver and a small bowel transplant. Well, this put me on my speaking path. I was out there on any stage uh, talking to anyone that would listen and probably a few people that didn't want to listen about the benefits of being an organ donor. I'm going to cut the story short to the point where she got to the point about 18 months in where uh, we had to make the tough choice of turning the machines off and wrapping her up in the, the blanket grandma uh, stitched for her. And I rocked her to sleep. This is, and I mean this literally, rocked her to sleep one last time. 
So I knew because of where I had been not more than three, four years earlier on the dark side of the streets of LA, I could have fallen into an abyss. I decided not to do that because I had made promises to this, uh, this baby that I was going to make her proud, you know, live a life that she could be proud of. And I threw myself in the personal development. And this is the time when the, the big names were the Les Browns, the Jim Rohns, the Tony Robbins, the Zig Ziglar's were doing those big uh, national tours. And I was at every one. Luckily, I was in Atlanta, so they were there a lot. And I took action on the things you would learn on those three-day events. And inside of three years, I'd gotten five promotions at Coca-Cola. And this garnered the attention of those, my peers and a, a few uh, folks above me. How the heck are you doing this? So I started sharing with them. And some of them started coming to me and saying, can you teach me how you're doing it? And that was the birth of my coaching career while I was still in corporate America. Long-winded answer, but it all kind of folded into this crazy, insane journey that gave me, I'll say, unique perspectives uh, that I could share with folks in, in a coaching capacity. Wow, that's a powerful, powerful story. And I think, um, I mean... Obviously, they say the, the loss of a child is one of the most painful things that any human can 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 go through. So, obviously, my our condolences for that. But I think if you listen to, if you pay attention, the people who are doing amazing things have some often big adversity that they've had to overcome, and it it shapes them, it guides them, it pushes them to be more in whatever way. So, I think it's beautiful that you've taken that horrible tragedy and turned it into a blessing that you're able to help other people with. So how did you go from corporate coaching into what you're doing now in the online space? It was a, it was at first a slow burn. Um, when I got into the coaching and uh, I started, well, I started my first podcast 2004, 2005 on a platform, I believe it still exists, Blog Talk Radio. And uh, that, in, that, built an engagement with folks back and forth because you could, uh, you know, give them a phone number, they could call in and ask questions. And I was like, I really enjoy this. And I had learned that, that fact from my stage time. And I kept doing stages down in the Atlanta area. And so slowly over time, uh, it got to the point where I was coaching more and more folks. It's like, well, I can take more time away from work because you know you you got to pay the bills you got to feed the kids and keep the roof over your head and the lights on and so it it came this slow transition and then when i started uh, the the second podcast the your success dna which is still running now um i really started getting people coming back going okay you know something that I want to learn and I've been listening to you for hours and there's some marketing um, metric out there that for someone really to connect with you and build that trust, they need to be touched about seven hours worth of time. And then they're going to just, you don't have to, you're not selling them anymore. There's no persuasion anymore because they're, they're, they're with you. They're like, you're my friend. I know you, you hang out and all this kind of thing. And so I was getting more of those calls. And so that kind of cracked over and looked, let's go do this. And uh, it's it's been fun ever since. So you got started back in podcasting 
before. I mean, that was ages ago. Like I, I had never I heard of podcasting before podcasting was cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you think about. It, I think uh, YouTube was did that come around uh, like 2008. I think Facebook was around 2004, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So that was really early on. It was really early on, and I remember I was doing the the podcast thing, and then I was also. You know, I had this old uh, Hewlett Packard laptop and this monstrous sized uh, webcam, and I was trying to do uh, YouTube videos. And I would have my whiteboard behind me and you know do some examples. And I wasn't feeling it. It wasn't the same as when I was just on the microphone and just letting it go. Uh, and it was just practice. You know, uh, over time you started getting out of your uh, out of those weird things. I think. Anyone that wants to be successful with anything, they really need to embrace the suck, right? Because you don't come out of your mom or any cultural thing or any experience going, I'm awesome at it. You think you're awesome. Here's a great example. I'm a red-green colorblind. And so growing up as a kid, um, I had a skill for drawing. But anytime I put color to it, especially when the colors weren't labeled, um, I remember walking, showing my mom a picture when I was probably nine or 10, and she asked me why the grass was brown. Oops, right? Because to me, it was green. Uh, so I always, I got really good at pencil sketching. And so later, in probably my 20s and 30s, I tried one of those Bob Ross kits. I mean, anyone's ever seen one of those and know, even know who Bob Ross is? He's one of those guys that, you know, he teaches you how to paint on old uh, public radio, uh, public, public television. And so I bought one of his kits and uh, I did one of his paintings and it was a very simple and like, you know, oceanscape with the sun rising. So lots of oranges and yellows. And because he walked me through and the colors were late, he says, is this how you do it? I looked at that and I thought, man, this looks good. By the fourth painting, I did one that I was like, oh my God, this looks just like Bob Ross's. But I looked back at the first one I did and I thought, ew, that one sucked. But at the time I first did it, I thought it was awesome. You know what I'm saying? So you just embrace the suck. You're you're going to get on that microphone the first time or get up on that stage. Your heart's going to be racing. You you might flub up and, you know, uh, 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 and do all those kinds of things. That's okay. Just you know, take a breath and keep on moving and you'll get better at it. I think that's really important. I heard once, if you've waited, if you wait long enough to be good, you've waited too long. Yes. There it is. So I'm quite curious. So you got started in podcasting way back before podcasting was really even a thing. Where has it taken you now? Like with your, with, cause you have two shows you said, right? Yeah. Uh, most recently it's, it's taken me back onto uh, speaking stages. I, I, I love getting in front of an audience. I was in Toastmasters for a couple of, uh, probably like a decade and a half. And uh, but it has has led me back onto public stages. Most recently, I just came back from Dallas in December, and speaking in front of uh, I don't know forty fifty entrepreneurs that are looking to grow their business, and engaged a couple of folks about you know growing a podcast, and some that have podcasts to come be us on mine. Um, and it's it, I think it's really introduced me to a number of people that I want to be like. Right. Because you always want to say, you know, you're a kid. I want to be like this person or that person. I'm still that kid. I, I still try to find that person that can be that next step in my journey. I've been around here 60 years. I got at least another 30 in me as far as I'm concerned. 
So I keep looking for that mentor because I think we all need um, three, three key people in our lives. And there may be multiple in each of these tiers. We need a mentor, someone that we're aspiring to be like and that can help us get there faster. Uh, we need a peer, someone that we can share the journey with because sometimes, especially in some of these online worlds and podcasting worlds, it can get lonely. Right when you're sitting there and you're editing for hours and you're putting out the content and you're doing all this from the comfort of, well, in my case, my my, my kiss room, um, and then you need someone to teach. So it's no do and teach. Uh, you need someone that you can then pass that knowledge on to. And I think almost that third one becomes a little more important because I seem to learn more when I reteach it to someone else. So all three of those folks become important for, for different reasons. Does that make sense? That's uh, interesting to think through because I think once everyone's maybe not heard of it or thought of it that way, but it's absolutely true. And I know for myself, I can do things, but you, be, you, you co competently, what do I say, competently ignorant or however they say that. And so you have incompetence or something. Yeah. I remember yeah, hearing yeah. that whole series of those. Yeah. 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 We're like, you you can do it, but you can't really explain it. Right. You just do it until you exercise and have to teach it. And then you break down and you actually are kind of teaching yourself what you're doing so that you can then teach it to somebody else. So I think that's so true. I think one of the cool things about teaching someone else is sometimes you have to step away from how you think to how they think, which sometimes isn't always the same. And, you know, you may be very audio or visual or kinetic, and they may be quite the opposite. So now you've got to come up with ideas and metaphors that can teach them in a way that they're going to absorb it versus, no, this is how you do it, right? And especially when you get into the coaching arena where you're actually working with people from diverse backgrounds and diverse experiences to, to articulate something to them like, this is how you do marketing. They're like, uh, right? You, you, you can just see their eyes kind of glaze over and then you got, okay, well, hold on. Here's, and then you start kind of stepping them through and, and bringing them up to speed, just baby steps. And it really reinforces what you know is true. And then it also makes you rethink, is it still true, right? Because I've been in the game a long time and I've seen lots of shifts and, you know, what you could do in 2012, you just doesn't work the same as it used to. And I think, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, cause that's the way that doctors learn, right? They, the, the, what they tell you in medical school is you see one, you do one and you teach one, right? And, and if once you get to the point where you can teach it, that's where you know that you have a deep enough understanding about something that, that you wouldn't normally have when, you know, you're just seeing it or, or if you're doing it yourself, right? 100%. Once you can explain it to others, then you know that you have like a mastery of it. So now you, you now teach other people how to use podcasts as a, a as a vehicle for quitting their nine to five jobs and, and making money online. Is that right? Is that yes, sir? That's a piece of it. absolutely. Okay, so so can you explain how do you make money with podcasting? <laughs> like for anybody who doesn't know, because you do this for free. Like it's not like you're getting paid. So how are the ways that people make money doing this? Really, there's there's a host of ways, and it depends on what you know tactic. Obviously, there is the the tried and true, hey, I'm going to get a sponsor. They're going to pay to sponsor the show and blah, 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 right? Sadly, that's the most popular. And it's also the hardest one to crack into, in my humble opinion. Um, for me, I, I 
focus folks towards products, at whether it be their own product, a digital product, some sort of merch type product as a way to get folks to send you money. So let's say you're going to do a podcast on gardening. Okay. Well, maybe you get a, an affiliate agreement with some folks with seeds and tools and all these different kinds of things that a gardener would need. And then you share those tips and those tools with your audience. And when they go buy it, you know, they, you get, you get a commission for it. Now you could take it one step further and you can go reach out to companies that make these things. You say, you know what, here's the greatest idea on the planet for a rake, right? I think we need to go back to copper rakes. Used to be a big thing. You don't see them around anymore. It's a kind of specialty. So how much will you cost? Would it cost me to make a copper rake? And you do all the numbers. And now you keep, now you're selling your own product at the same time. So you're, you're obviously your profit margins go up. And then there's other opportunities of if you want to take your audience on the journey via a class. Okay. So now you, maybe you build a course. It could be a, an ebook. It could be a series of videos. You could do it via email. I'm again, old school, say the beard. Um, you could do it any way you want to, and then have them pay for it. Maybe you say, you know what? I, I got this great email series. And if you like it, go to www.myawesomewebsite.com slash great series and sign up for it. And they start getting the emails. And in each one of the emails, you can say, you know what? I dive deeper in this into my videos. Okay, well, my videos are $47 or whatever, you know, these tripwire offers. And then now so you get these folks into your, into your world. They're going to ask you questions. They're maybe even ask, ask you questions that you haven't thought of. Hey, wait a minute. What's the great fencing I should use for the deers I have in my area up here in Wisconsin? Wow, I, I never even thought about that. Right. So now you're, you're, you're getting this feedback and you say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Based on all your guys' input, I'm going to create this new course, new whatever it is comes out of that feedback. And there's your, your next monetizing opportunity. Then you can even say, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. All, the, all my amazing folks up there in the Midwest, you guys have this kind of planting season, planting habits, needs, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to come out to Milwaukee. I'm going to be out there for three days. Let's all get together and share knowledge. I'm going to have this person on stage. They're going to talk about horticulture. This person on stage, they're going to talk about how to birth cows. I don't know, whatever it might be. You rent a space, you bring people in, you sell them to, you see, it just, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So there's no end of the opportunities. Um, some folks I know uh, bring folks onto their podcasts that are their perfect client. So, for example, if you guys have a service for someone like me that's a, a, an, an entre a digital entrepreneur or a podcast, you learn about all my problems while I'm talking with you. Maybe you have a, a set of questions that kind of lead into that as part of the, uh, as part of the uh, podcasting opportunity. And at the end of it, you're going, you know what? You just happen to be the perfect. I'm, I'm doing it in such a way that I would never do it and never coach anyone to do it. But you certainly have built that rapport over the time you've spent with them. And then you can go to them and say, we have the solutions of just what you're looking for. No pressure. Can I chat with you about it? And they'll say, yeah, sure. Talk to me. 
right? And then, you know, just that's another way to do it. And then there's also opportunities that you can charge folks to come onto your podcast. I mean, again, it's never ending. Uh, there's a gentleman out on the West Coast, excuse me, the East Coast, who started a fishing podcast because he was a big fan of fishing. And in his little town, that's all he was focused on. He wasn't trying to get big numbers or anything. He's just, there, local fisherman, here's all the things. And he would put updates on his podcast. And then he went around to the local vendors and said, hey, would you like to sponsor my podcast? I've got 500 people and it's a tourist attraction as well, right? That are listening to my podcast that I have captured their attention and they're avid fishermen. You feel me? You know, then you go to the guy who's doing all the charter tours. Hey, you want to talk? When people come in here to listen to this, they're going to want to go out on a boat. Maybe you want to, you you see, and you start going together. Or again, you start something of your own. One of the things I did with with my podcast, it's completely independent. I got tired of doing all the editing, right? So the first thing you want to do is you hire someone to do it for you because that's what they're really good at. And then I built a little business around it. Okay, I have the editors over here. I can't keep them employed full time. You want your podcast edited? You're coming over here. I give you this amazing rate. Here's what you get for it. Here's the price. Send me the file. They'll do the magic and you pick the file up and go. Or if you like, they'll even post it for you. They'll do it everything. You know, you know, so you got the three different tiers. Minimal, you know, what most folks go for. And then, you know, the, the gold tier. We're going to do it all. You just send us the file and and go for it. The thing is like the way that most people start an online business is they start typically with the product or the thing that they're going to sell first, right? And then they go looking for the audience afterwards. And I think the way that you seem to be doing it is that you're actually building the audience first around an interest or a topic. So for example, if somebody wanted, you know, if, if they have an interest in fishing and they just start a podcast about fishing. And so they're, they're building an audience of people who have a similar interest and then once they've, or as they're building that audience, then they find things to promote to that audience, whether it's an affiliate offer, you know, you can get an affiliate link from, I mean, any, any major retailer has affiliate links, Bass Pro Shops, Walmart, Amazon, you can get affiliate links, you know, there's no interview process. So you, you sign up and you have it, right? So it's easy to drop those affiliate links in the show notes and things like that to, uh, to generate sales. And then you can like white label stuff, get your own products made. Uh, you can do digital products. And so but it's all around building that audience first and then, you know, finding things that, that they're interested in that you can sell to them. Yeah. And I think the magic in building the audience first, and this again, comes from my humble opinion, is they're going to get into your ear and say, well, what about this? You know, I, I know I'll take clips of my podcast and I'll, you know, put it out there on TikTok and say, and give some of my tips and someone will say, well, did you think about this? Or did you think about that? And sometimes I'd be like, Mm, no, I hadn't. What a great idea, right? And it gives me the next possible podcast episode and the next step in the evolution of things. I know when I started my most recent podcast, uh, I went into it, like most folks, I'm going to focus on entrepreneurs. Okay, well, I was talking to everybody. And as you and I both know, all three of us, when you're talking to everybody, you're, you're talking to nobody. And for those listening, here's a, here's a great analogy I've done. You have a big front yard crowded with people. You step out of your front door, even with a bullhorn, and start yelling at the crowd. A couple of them might listen to you. 
most of the crowd is going to continue with the conversation that they're already having amongst themselves. Now, if the crowd was a very narrowed focus and you say, hey, Leah and Todd, guess what's going to happen? Leah and Todd, their heads are going to pop up and they're going to look right at you. Or if I say, hey, podcast owners, hmm, right? Or if I say, hey, moms and dads that are looking to escape the cubicle and you know build a legacy for your kids, okay, you're going to get a couple other heads. So now you're narrowing it down. And I think so many people are afraid of, well, gosh, that's only a thousand people. Dude, let me tell you, my first podcast, I probably had 50 people and I decided to take the podcast and I, I did this um, again, way back when, when things weren't quite as easy as they are nowadays, I said, here's what I'm going to do, ladies and gentlemen. I've been doing this five days a week. It was a quick, you know, 15, 20 minute podcast, Monday through Friday. Here's what I'm doing on Monday, still free. Y'all are welcome. And on Monday, I would tease everyone else. Here's what I'm going to be talking about on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. But you have to go behind the paywall. It's $9.97 a month, whatever. It's no big deal, right? I, I wasn't trying to, you know, break the bank or anything right out of the gate 40 of those people of the 50 that i knew were listening regularly came on over to the other side just like that i had 40 people paying me 10 bucks a month look i wasn't retiring on it but it was like okay wait a minute i'm on to something here right and then you, you do a little more you give a little more value and people start going hey can you coach me okay then let's do that one-on-one -on -one gets a little troublesome you can do it for a while, but then you're like, oh my God, you're killing me. So I started a group coaching. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get together for the next three months, right? And here's the price. People are like, you're charging too little for this. I'm like, okay, well, that's okay. I'm just, this is the beta. You, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, again, it builds from that. So there's any number, and we're not even talking about the things like merch. You do, you create something that people believe in. They want to wear the shirt that goes with it, right? I believe in this country, right? I'm, I'm a military man, third generation. I, I see Todd down there. He's, he's got some stars and stripes on as well. You, you know what I'm saying? So you create something, believe, and here's a great example of that. How many of us have been walking down the street and seen someone wearing a rock tour shirt? And I don't care who the band is, or any musician, musicianette, Right, they liked that person. They believed in what they they've created so much. They wear it. Okay, there's people out there that are probably just that passionate about your podcast or your coaching. Maybe they won't wear it out and about, but they certainly will wear it in the house. Or, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yeah, and the, what I really like about what you're doing is that what most people don't realize when they're when they're thinking about starting an online business is that they think it's all about the product or it's all about having just just the best product or the best service, or the best coaching program or the best course or whatever it is out there, and they think that that is what it's going to uh, that th that's where the value of the of their business is, whereas in reality, the value of your business isn't in the product, it's in your audience, right? It, it's in your ability to influence an audience because that's what generates the traffic. And the way that we often explain this to our, to our clients is imagine you, you were just given a McDonald's franchise, right? This is like, like one of the most popular fast food restaurants that you can, that you can own. Do you think you'd be successful with it? And most people would say, well, yeah. Okay. Well, now think about this. 
what if I gave you that McDonald's franchise, but it was in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere, and there was no roads going to it? How successful do you think it would be? Versus taking that same McDonald's franchise, same burgers, same, you know, same restaurant, same everything, but you put it in the middle of Times Square, New York, where there is, you know, upwards of 300,000 visitors per day. Which one do you think is going to be more successful? They're the same product, same quality, same everything. Well, obviously it's going to be the one that has more foot traffic. And it's the same thing online. You can have the absolute best product or service or course or whatever it is. It doesn't matter if you don't have that foot traffic, right? That digital, that online foot traffic. And that's why building that audience is, is really where the value in your business is. And then think about it this other way. Now, what if you took that same McDonald's location and you, you tore out the McDonald's and you put something else in there, like a Five Guys or a Culver's or whatever, or even a no-name mom-and-pop shop, right? Something that has no-name recognition. Do you still think that, that that new restaurant that you put there in Times Square is going to be more successful than, than that McDonald's franchise that has all the name recognition that's in the middle of nowhere, you know, in, in the desert? Yeah, it obviously it's going to outperform because it has that that traffic right and it's the exact same thing online building that audience is absolutely where uh, and your ability to get in front of an audience that is where the value in your business is and that's going to be like one of the number one factors in determining how successful or if you're even going to be successful one of the things that especially like when you look at the, like the network marketing affiliate marketing uh, niches you get a lot of people that are hopping from opportunity to opportunity because they're not, you know, they join one and they post about it and they're not successful and they blame the opportunity. And then, so they quit and then they join another one and they try that one thinking that they're going to have a different result. And inevitably they don't, right? It's, it's the same story time after time, no matter what opportunity they enjoy, they, they're just never successful. And the reason is, is because they're still they still have that same location in the middle of the desert where there's no foot traffic. Right. And like I said, and that's why I really love what you're doing is because it's teaching people to build the most valuable part of their business first. And, and, and thank you. I, I, that's, that was one of the things I was going for behind it. And I think one of the other things to, to, to add on to that is, uh, and this really, uh, any entrepreneur really, but certainly the folks that are, they're stepping their into it for the first time if, if they go out and they say okay i'm going to take the time i'm going to create the tripwire item i'm going to create the lead magnet and i'm going to create whatever the let's stick with a digital course for example and they send it out to the world and crickets right and and everybody listening right now could feel their shoulders drop because they've probably felt that i i put all the time in and all of a sudden i send it out in silence right we don't want to have too much silence on a podcast, but uh, you, you know what I'm saying? But if they're, if they're doing a podcast, they spend, you know, 30, 60, 90 days kind of just grinding it out, getting things going and, and even getting 50 people, a hundred people to listen. And they do that same exercise of creating the tripwire and putting the, putting the course out there. Somebody's going to click and that is going to be a complete 180 difference experience from they're going to go oh my god five people clicked no one bought 
but at least I got five people clicking. I, I'm on the right track. You know what I'm saying? They're going to have a completely different experience out of that. And if they can capture those people in that, the, even those five people in that click and they say, well, and ask them, why didn't you go the rest of the way? They can find out what's wrong with their, with their sales process or their sales funnel, which is such a catchy phrase nowadays. But you know, you know what I'm saying? The experience will be different. Even they're, they're still kind of out in the desert, but at least they got a couple of the, the coyotes knocking at their door. Why didn't you come on in and get a burger? And they can tell you, well, I don't want burgers. I, I need a rabbit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So then let's get get some tips out of you for people who are new or getting started with the podcast space. So you mentioned having a call to action where you're offering your a newsletter or a freebie or um, even just having a sponsor mentioned during your podcast. Is that something that you should do right from the beginning? Is that something that you should wait till you've built up some some more trust and and had more more of a following and, and everything with your audience. What do you specifically teach on that? You know, there's a couple of schools of thoughts for that, but my school of thought is if from day one I'm sharing with you something of value to go get, when I finally get that first sponsor or paid something, you're already used to it. I'm not bombarding you for, oh my God, I've been listening to this guy for 87 episodes and now all of a sudden he's hitting me with all these ads. You know what I'm saying? You already kind of uh, trained them. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. This is our little segment. We always talk about one of our sponsors right here. And today, right, you just kind of go into it. And in the, in the same breath, I'm not a fan of three ads. So there are some folks that'll do a pre-roll, a mid-roll, and a post-roll. And for, for those that don't know all the terminology, it's at the beginning and the middle. And at the end, just like it sounds like. I think that's too much, right? They really probably tuned in for you. Maybe they tuned in for your guest. For the most part, 99.5% of them checked out, are checking out the podcast for what you bring to it. Now they get it. You're a business. You're trying to keep the lights on. Hit them with an ad. Hit them with a call to action. Whatever it may be, go for it. So from the beginning and don't overdo it. So if you get uh, a sponsor, give them their ad, but still have your call to action, right? So now you've got two. So if you'd have done a pre, mid, and post and your call to action, now you've hit them with four. You feel what I'm saying? Don't don't overdo it. People... it, for the folks that me like me that have been around as long as I have, we remember the day where we couldn't fast forward to commercials. Then came the VHS tape where we could record our favorite show and fast forward to the commercials. Nowadays, I only watch commercials. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm, I'm commercial commercial verse. When you're creating content around an interest like you're teaching people to do and you're talking about, yeah, you know, so if I'm fishing for Snook and I'm using this lure and this, I mean, people want to really know, like, well, what's the exact lure that you got? Yeah. What's the exact pole that you're using? All those things. Or where's the spot that you went? So having those things and dropping those links, uh, I think, is really what people want. Mm-hmm. Right? As long as you're doing it in a way where it's where it's helpful. Perfect. If you're doing it where it's just, you know, um, something unrelated, that's obviously a money grab, right? It's like yeah, you're yeah. in the middle of a fishing podcast that's, hey, by the way, have you thought about starting an online business? Join this whatever yeah no and that, that's a great point if you're dropping in the uh, even a, a host red ad that just goes right along with the content and the vibe of the show they're just gonna like you're gonna have them they're gonna be leaning way in 
Um, but again, sometimes we get those ads like, hey, it's brought to you by Riverside or StreamYard. You know, okay, I get it. You're paying the bills. But uh, if you can, my my thing is advertise your own stuff. First off, that's that's my big money play, whatever it might be. Even if you have to wait to get some cash back while you build it, because you're building your audience and you're building your 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 item at the same time, that way they know it's coming. You, hey guys, beta, come and come check it out. Get on the wait list, right? That's your call to action. And if you get the opportunity, yeah, sure, make it a line. I never tell any of my folks to go solicit a, a sponsor that doesn't align with what it is. Well, it, but hey, it's a tool that they will use. But does it align with the content that you're sharing? Right. If you're doing gardening and all of a sudden you're giving them, you know, uh, for those in Southern California, they'll get this. All of a sudden the ad they get is Sunday, 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 come see the drag races and Pomona racetrack. Yeah, it doesn't go together. You better have a car show before you do an advertisement like that. Does that make sense? So what are some tips for promoting? So for someone who's who's getting started with a podcast and right now it's their grandma and their mom that listen. Like, how do they grow this and really get this in front of more listeners? I'll give you a couple of tips. Um, and I have, I have, cha- I have had people challenge them to tip number one, which is why I'm going to give tip number one: social media. So many people tell you that if you advertise your podcast on social media, they're not going to leave social media to come listen to your podcast. Bullpucky, and but it's bullpucky with a caveat. You can't just go into your feed and the Facebook groups and your TikToks and your Instagrams and say, go listen to my stuff, go listen to my stuff, because then it will be bullpucky and you'll, you'll get those crickets. If, however, you take a clip of a powerful moment where someone asks a question, drops a nugget of amazing advice, and just share that, right? The folks are going to, you, you want to pique their curiosity. I even go one step further and I, when I record my podcast, I do like you do, is I do the video so I could put it out on the YouTubes and what have you. Um, I do a section at the end that are going to be my separate clips, my teasers, right? I drop this piece, but I want to put a little five second intro that the hook, right? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, those, hey, my parents out there looking to drop the nine to five, check this out. Right, that's the dog whistle. All the parents that want to get out of their nine to five, their ears just perked up. Right, I just called them out at the yard that we were talking about earlier. They perked up. At least they're going to hear the next couple of seconds of the podcast clip. And if they're not interested, they move on. Now, at the same time, I don't put the link to the to the um, to the podcast episode. You know, come to my awesome website slash podcast slash episode 56 slash you this long cryptic looking thing um i create a i call it it's called a pretty link that's the tool i use and it's my website slash ep460 and i put it that's the comment so if they're if they're looking at the post they can just look down and see the comment and go oh let me check it out bang and they come over and because they click that link and it's trackable, I can look and see, because that's the only place I use those links, I can see, oh, well, great. I put this out an hour ago and I already got 26 clicks. So I know that it works. Is But it doesn't work if you do the, come listen to my show. I interviewed Leah 
from the Trailblazer and man, no, they, they don't, unless they know Leia, they're not coming over, right? Uh, so you got to give them a reason to come over, ask a curious question, give them a hook, something that makes them go, wow, I was just thinking about that this morning when I got up or when I was in the shower. You should know your audience like that. You know your audience to the point where when they get up in the morning and they're writing in their journal or they're taking the shower, what's the burning question in their head or the burning problem that they're going through their day? That's what you want to hit them with your content. And those are the hooks you want to use. Um, and then the next thing, obviously, you do like I'm doing. You go around to other people's podcasts. That's called leveraging other people's audiences. That also is advertising, right? So I come on here. Hopefully I drop some value. A, a small percentage of your audience is going to go, that gray haired guy, he was kind of cool. Let me check him out. What was his name again? You know? Oh, it's right. The link is down in the show notes. Let me go check. And, and you just, they jump over and some of them will like me. Some of them won't. Right. Um, and then the last piece is advertising. And this is the one people hate because you got to spend a little money to do it. And it, you don't have to drop hundreds of dollars. It's really easy on platforms like Facebook, even today, to take those little videos that you're putting out on social media anyway and put a few dollars behind them because video views are very inexpensive. And, you know, you push this. I don't want you to don't do the you, what is it called? The uh, it's called reach. They keep changing the names. You want video views. Don't say I want them to come to my website. You're going to spend more money. Just say you want the video views. Get them to view the video. Remember, your link is down in the comments anyway. Like, oh, there's the link right there. Let me click it. You, you, don't, you don't get charged for it. And when you do that inside of a platform like Facebook, you can start building like audiences. Hey, show me all the people that watched 25% or more of my little snippets it's, that advertise the podcast. Now you turn that into a like audience and say, now I need a 1% uh, audience of the United States that are like these folks that did this. Um, and then you turn around and put a couple of dollars against that. Next thing you know, you're letting the Facebook algorithm, which is magic, do the work for you. Because you're going to say, I need everybody that's, you know, that's in the United States that is, you know, 25 to 65 and whatever demographics, psychographics that you put for your targeting, you're you're probably close, but you're still way wrong in compared to how the Facebook algorithm could do it. Because I know my like audiences, they do some amazing things. So there, there's three quickies for you. That's a really good tip with the, with the ads because we run paid ads all the time. And uh, even for this podcast, we, we, run, uh, we run paid ads. But they've typically been, uh, the objective has been clicks or, or, or website traffic, right? And, and yeah, just like you said, like I can see that, yeah, we're getting a ton of clicks. These are super cheap clicks. But then I look at our backend analytics on our podcast and it's like, well, why are there no more downloads? Why is there no more, you know, well, why is there no more listens? So I'm definitely going to try out that thing that you just said, because that, that really <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And when you, when you do do that, do something where you're tracking the click completely independent of everything else. Because sometimes the noise in our podcast listens, maybe you come out with an episode that was fire and I told five friends about it and all of a sudden you see this spike, but it's for a completely different reason. But if you send that tracking or to create your code so that 
you can see that only came from Facebook or whatever platform you're sending it from, you're going to go, oh, now I know what's going on. I got to keep doing that. Or, oh my God, it's not working at all. Let me do that. Um, I, 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 I step back for a quick second, if you, if, you, if you had it. I did this amazing campaign back in the wild, wild west days of uh, Facebook, and it still works to this day. Uh, for those who have products they want to sell, uh, you could do you can you can do this for your podcast advertising. Uh, it's the same starter, right? Okay, I'm going to create whatever um, targeting I have for my Facebook ad, and I'm going to start it off until it gets enough momentum that I can use it for a, um, a lookalike audience, and then I'm going to create the next tier of the exact same ad. For just lookalike audiences. And now I'm going to dial down tier one, which is the one I created. I'm going to keep, maybe put a dollar, dollar two per day. So it's still, it's still throwing some traffic into it and it's still giving new data and serving it up. And then this tier here, which is now the lookalike audience, while it's the same thing, you can say, but don't show it. Anyone that was in that tier down there that already saw this ad, don't show this one to them. And then you create the next tier. So what what you would do in a case of a product, you can say, hey, here's this cool product. And it's a video again. And if they watch 25%, I want to create a lookalike audience. Now I'm going to show this lookalike audience that exact same ad. And and now you're not selling anything. You're just, you're just wow, here's that pen. Look at this. This pen's amazing. It clicks. It's black. It's got the handholds, right? And it writes like Matt, whatever it is. Now, the next thing you're going to do is the pitch opportunity. So I was telling you about this because now you're going to say anyone who's watched this one down here, this video number one, show them this video. So here's, I've been putting this thing to the test for the past two weeks. And, you, and you, now you're starting to sell them on the benefits and the, the features and again, what they're going to get out of it. And oh, by the way, you know, if you check down in the comments, you're going to see where you can get this pen, right? And ask me any question. And this is another great thing about these videos. If you ask a question, get them to put the answer down in the comments. That starts more of that, you know, the algorithm. Oh, we're getting attention here. Don't ask for the like smash thing. Just ask a question. Tell me what you think below and let them answer themselves. All right. So now you got tier two. Tier three, and each one of these are creating a lookalike audience and they're feeding the next tier. Tier three, you're saying, oh my gosh, this thing is on sale and it's going to be over in seven days, right? Now, and each one of these are feeding up, the costs to get people to the clicks by the time you get to tier three are cheap, 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 cheap because they are hungry for what it is. You, you've already proven to them through two videos that they're very interested in this pen. So by the time you give them that link in the ad and not in the comments, it's, it's very targeted, it's very inexpensive, and it pays off. And in each one of those tiers, you do the lookalike audience back down to the uh, the first Facebook lookalike on it, and you keep feeding the loop, and you let the Facebook do the magic. And meanwhile, your ad is still doing one dollar a day. And the other ones you could do two, three, four, five dollars. You know what I'm saying? You follow me? So for for people who are you know they're bought into this idea of starting their own podcast, but they're not quite sure. Well, what what do I even get started with to monetize this? Like I, I don't even know what I would promote. Uh, I don't know how to create products. I don't know, you know. I've never created a digital course. You know what? What would you say are some of the the best things to get started with? Like what types of opportunities, what types of products 
uh, to start promoting on your podcast? It's really going to depend on what it is they're uh, they're wanting to be focused on. Again, if we're talking gardening, like I was, was talking about earlier, but it's all going to be you want to prioritize your passion. Whatever it is you're passionate about, you're going to go, oh man, I know what to do with that. I like to cook. Okay, well, cooking's not narrow enough. Are you talking baking? Are you talking, you know, cooking for corporate events? Are you talking about cooking for a big family? Are you talking about cooking for losing weight? Right? You start, they start narrowing. Yeah, you're still going to be able to talk about all the other stuff. But if you're focused in on that one niche, right? That, okay, I'm going to talk about cooking for folks that are trying to lose weight after a baby. Wow. Soon. Right? Anyone who hears that about a podcast, their ears are going to perk up. Now, what can you sell to a mom that's just had a baby that's trying to you know, drop the, the, ba- the baby fat, as they call it? There's a whole world of things. And you can go to any baby blog, mommy blog, and see it all. Here's another opportunity, ladies and gentlemen. If you get a podcast about an amazing episode, reach out to one of those blogs and say, hey, can you put an episode of this podcast as one of your blogs, I will write a separate blog that goes with the podcast, kind of a summary version. And they'll say, well, I don't know. You know, you say, wait a minute. The podcast episode is 30, 40 minutes long. How long do you want your people to stay on your blog? Ah, now their wheels are turning. You write them a summarized version and inside a summarized version, you say, hey, check out the podcast for the full one. And you give them the little code so it, they're not even leaving their blog. They're staying right there and they're listening to your podcast. So again, you're leveraging other people's audiences and you could look on their blogs and see what they're selling, drop it right in there in the podcast. Now you're, you're both, it's all handshaking. It really depends on what it is you're trying to focus on. Uh, I had a, a lady who was an event planner. She was amazing. And uh, I was an event planner for a period of time, but whole nother story. Anyway, um, and uh, so we got her focused on ch- uh, a little course and her, her little email was, hey, learn how to do f- you know, like 15 quick tips about planning your next event. Okay, well, we all do that, birthdays, whatever it might be. Then she started doing like virtual events and then turning them into an experience. Now, how can you do that as a business? Here's a quick little course. And then here's the full experiential opportunity where I'm coaching you every couple of weeks, right? All because she has the event planning experience. What could she sell? Anything. She could tell staging stuff. It depends on the person who's doing the course, right? If you're going to be doing an event, well, guess what? I, I got to deal with Sweetwater down here in Illinois, and they, they're going to hook you up with the amazing camera that you're going to need, all the little details, a couple of the lightings, so you don't have to worry about you know getting something cheap from Amazon and going, oh, wow, it didn't work on the data I needed it to. Here And here it is in a whole package. Here's another idea, ladies and gentlemen. If you're going to create this course and there are things that almost are universally needed to be included. So, for example, I create a podcast course. I have an option in my podcast course. Here is a beginner-based preamp, microphone, and headphones, and arm, and pop filter that you can just order with this course at the same time. Check the box. I'll make sure it's sent to you. So when they, by the time they're ready to start recording, they've already received it. All right. I've gone on the horn with them and helped them set it up and they're ready to go. Bing, bang, boom. No more of this. What microphone should I get? 
what this, what that. You you add that to your package, and all of a sudden you're you've taken something that may have been two ninety seven and turned it into four, five, six ninety seven. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think for most people, like the easiest way to get going with a lot of stuff, or at least what we typically recommend, is just with an affiliate link, right? Where you don't have to source the product, you don't have to create it, you know, you don't have to store it in your house and ship it out. It's just a link, somebody else's store, but you're an affiliate of it and you're just driving the traffic and you may only make five, you know, four or 5%, depending on what the product is, or maybe even up to, you know, 30, 40, 50%, depending on if it's a digital course or, or service or not. But the, the one thing I try to coach people on is if you're going to focus on affiliate links um, and affiliate services, it either needs to be something, well, preferably something that's either higher ticket, right? Hey, I only got 50 people listening to my podcast. If they click and buy, I want to make it worth my while as well as theirs. Um, something, preferably something you've used or know enough people that have used it that that makes you can have, uh, you can tell them what the quality is with reasonable certainty um, versus doing the standard, okay, well, here, the, the link for those lures that are $12 are in my show notes. And I'm getting two percent. There's a there's a, a bit of a, a balance there. Does that make sense? Uh, whereas if I could go to a a lure website and reach out to the owner and say, "Hey, I've got a podcast. It's really focused on folks. I can send you a whole pant load of traffic of hungry buyers because I see I use some of the products that you you share on your website, and I can talk about them and send them the link. You know, what kind of deal can we work out? Either you can sponsor my show. Right and pay me directly, or we're, let's let's talk about some sort of uh, you know affiliate kind of setup if that makes sense. Uh, I just I hate um, I I really dislike seeing people put in all this work and all this effort for this tiny little payback. It really it's very crushing. On top of that, we're like oh god, I, I spent sixteen hours on this and I, and I got four bucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you you know what I mean? It's like oh. Well, some people are like, hey, I got four bucks and it's enough. To, that's fine. Okay. If, that, if that's you. Um, and it's, I think the other piece of it, you could do that early on while you're building whatever the big thing is as an agreement, as a partnership or a, of your own business to, uh, to, to, as a stepping stone. Hey, I'm going to start here with these affiliate links like Todd was talking about. I know Tracy said it's only, you know, four bucks. Uh, but let's, I, I'm going to do something to keep the, uh, the, the money flowing. And then once I get to that next level, bang, then I can go there because at four bucks or whatever the small percentages are, you need to do a lot of sales to, to really go, wow, that was worth it. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. And, uh, typically the reason why we have people start there is because especially when you're first starting out you know, you don't want to have to put all in all the effort into creating your own thing if you don't know it's going to sell. And so the strategy that, that we'll often tell people to do is use those easy affiliate links first. And then the nice thing about those is that those stores will tell you how many clicks you got. They'll tell you how many sales you made. Once you figure out what are the most popular things, then that is a thing that you go and you white label, or that is a thing that you go and you find, you know, the, the, the more lucrative deal for. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you can put your effort into it because you know it's something that's already going to sell. And then yeah, instead it, of making the four or five percent, now you're making like yeah, thirty four percent. That's, that's that stepping stone we were talking about, right? Yeah. And I, I would take that advice one step further, Todd. And I would say, 
don't don't put the link wherever you're going to put it and send them straight there. Send them through your website first, however you're going to do that. So if you're on a podcast and you're talking about wherever the topic is, hey, the link's going to be down in the show notes. Use some sort of link in the show notes that sends them through your website and they get forwarded on. That way you're capturing how popular X, Y, or Z is in case the traffic falls off before they get there. Because sometimes, and we've all done it, right? I'm clicking the link and it goes on and I get that spinning wheel of death, five, six seconds. And it's hard to say five, six seconds. We, we, ladies and gentlemen, we used to wait hours for things. Uh, you know, place your order now. It will be delivered in four to six weeks. You know, you wait five or six seconds. You're like, I'm out. I'll come back to it later. And some folks never come back. So you see that the link was clicked, even though the vendor doesn't register it because for whatever reason, you know, traffic was high or something happened to your internet kind of thing. Uh, track it. I, I always like tracking things myself because that way I know what happened and I can say, oh, I really need to build up on that or X or whatever happened. And it could be one of those things where, yeah, you got to click over there, but they were out of stock or the pro- something about it. They were like, eh, I'm not going to buy. And they never go back. Well, now, you know, you got these clicks and you can capture those and say, oh, I saw you were interested in this. And send them an email or uh, it, it I think it's really behooves any smart business person out there to build their own list so that they can take a, and market to tho- those folks all those great amazing even affiliate opportunities that, that, that pop up well what would be one piece of advice that you would want to share with someone who wanted to create a business like yours oh my goodness um first off I'm gonna say be you and it's going to sound so trite and so, okay, whatever, Tracy. Don't go out there and try to be Todd. Don't try to be Tracy. Don't try to be Leia. Don't try to be Anthony Robbins, Ziggler, any of it. Don't. I'm not Gary V. I like Gary V. He's got great advice. I'm not uh, Mr. Homozy. You, you know, don't try to be those guys. They follow the completely different path. Sit down and write down what you're passionate about. And then next to, next to that, write down what you're good at. And you can include okay. And then look and see where what is on both lists. And that's probably something you want to start with. Hey, I'm passionate about drumming. I'm not good at it, but I'm passionate about it. Okay, probably I don't want to do that one. I'm not going to spend any time teaching. But you, you'll find the item that's on two lists. It's like, oh, I'm passionate about Chevy's. And I happen to be a bit of a gearhead, right? Well, guess what? I can create something that lines those two. My passion will get me over the humps. The fact that I'm already good at it, and if I keep learning, I'll just get better, right? Um, that I can marry those two together and share that information out. And people are going to listen and they're going to say, have you thought of, have you thought of, have you thought of? And and you can just go from there. It, it really is about, like I said earlier, prioritizing your passions. If you can find that passion, that thing that, like I said, you don't have to be good. You could be okay. And you can just start getting better because you have that passion. Go for it. What are some of your proudest moments for your clients and some of the results that you've helped them to achieve? I think for me, some of the things, my, my most boastful moments would be things like getting a lady who was coming out uh, of a broken relationship to step into her magic when it came to baking. 
she like oh, I love she she started with I love cooking and that was like what made me think of the example well that's too big let's let's bring it back down and it got to the point where she goes I love baking can I see one of your cakes she sent me some pictures I was like oh my god I've seen cakes like this on those shows that we watch on the weekends right those those challenge shows those competition shows you're like hey make a cake in you know, 15 seconds right and you're like how did you do that and she was already really good and uh, you know she's getting ready to start you know she's out there on the path to she wants to start a bakery but in the meantime she's teaching people how to do the things she's already doing because how many of us as a parent or just as that friend would love to arrive at the event with the coolest cake and go yeah, I made that. That is an experience that she's like, well, that was me. I wanted to be that person. So I went out and learned. I said, well, there's a lot of other people that would like that same experience, right? So it was about passing that experience. You're not just teaching them to make a cake. You're teaching them to walk into the party going, yeah, yeah, right? And and feel that pride, that kind of thing. Uh, so that's a big one. Um, getting folks to the point where they're getting, you know, 40,000 downloads a month. Okay. Put a little feather in the cap for that one. You know, I'm doing 60,000 a month in downloads myself. We're getting ready to hit a million. Oh, I'm so excited about that. You know, and we've only been around for this podcast three years. So that's, that's a pretty big testament of things. So yeah, little things like that. <laughs> It's fun. That's the cool thing. It's one of the things I enjoy doing, right? There's pieces of it that are like, eh, I don't like this. But I enjoy it enough that I can get through the few things I don't like to do. Well, if people are really interested in learning more about you and connecting, where should they uh, connect with you? The easiest thing would be to send them to the website, darkhorseschooling.com. Uh, the socials are all up there. You'll find me all over all the different social networks. But if you want to look for it directly, it'll be up there on the right-hand side. And you can check out the podcast there and keep an eye out for the new program that's getting ready to come out as well. And for our audience, do you have a freebie or a little giveaway for us? I do. Uh, it's funny you mention that. Is I was just working on a 21 Days to a Profitable Side Hustle, and it's an email series. I don't talk about bring folks into your world and teach them. So it, it's a you'll get an email every day with some tips and tactics and some motivational advice that will help you go from zero to hero, well, hopefully hero anyway, <laughs> over the course uh, of 21 days. And I won't bombard you with, you know, a novella. Certainly, it'll just be, hey, take this step, take this step and show you some resources and, and, and tools along the way to get you there. Well, thank you so much. It's been so much fun. I really appreciate you. My pleasure. It was a blast. You've been listening to the Digital Trailblazer podcast. For show notes and information about today's guest, head to digitaltrailblazer.com. Now, if you love this episode, if you got some value, make sure you leave us a review and subscribe. And be sure to share this episode with anyone you know who could use help to build their business. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.